Hello, this is Traveling Sisters. I am your host, Natalie, and this is my co-host, Sam. And today, we will be traveling to Washington, D.C. Yay! But today is going to be different from the previous episodes because Sam is going to share her experience since I have never been to Washington, D.C. Yes, so I have been uh, quite a few times, actually, and I am going to share my experiences with you guys today. Yep, and I'll make sure to ask her some questions that people may have about Washington, D.C. Yep, definitely. Um, I'm up for any questions. I really am just going to go through, like, my favorite things that I've done there and um, some advice I have for people who may travel there. Okay. Yeah. So let's get started. Okay. So I have been to D.C., probably five or six times now. And um, I have gone in the winter and in the summer multiple times. And I, first of all, highly recommend the winter because even though it is a little cooler, you're gonna have to wear a jacket, you're gonna have to wear a hat, scarf, all that stuff. um, There's not typically snow on the ground and it's way less crowded. So way less people you have to deal with. If you go in the summer, that is peak tourist season. People from all over the world travel to Washington, D.C. um, to check out America's history and it just gets so crowded everywhere. So personally, I like a little less crowds. I like to be able to really take my time with everything. And if you want to do that, then the best time to go is definitely the winter. That's a very interesting point. And I really understand how people may want to go in the winter since many tourist attractions can have less lines. Is that true? Yes, that's very true. And they'll have more things open. So for example, one of my favorite places in DC is Ford's Theater. This is where Abraham Lincoln was shot. And um, it's a very, very cool experience. It's very surreal. They have the theater designed exactly like it was um, in the 1860s. And the presidential booth where Lincoln and his wife and the other people they were with were sitting, there's like this door that they keep locked that you could go behind and you can see what the presidential booth looked like but they only have it open in like January and February because those are their slowest months. So it's a teeny tiny room. So they can't have it open during like the spring and summer because then everyone's gonna wanna try and cram in this teeny tiny room. So if you want to see really cool experiences like the presidential box in Ford's theater, then you would have to go in January or February. That's really, really cool point. And I am curious to how the Ford theater may look like from the outside and the inside. Could you explain a little more into detail with that? Yeah, so the outside looks pretty normal. It looks just like a building. It has like these big double doors in the front, um, but you don't go in through those. Like those would be like the theater doors that people would have gone in like, um, well, it's still, so Ford Theater is really interesting because it still is open for musicals and plays and things like that. Um, They have certain shows that go there um, for the seasons. So they still put on plays, they still do theater things, but then also it's a national park. So during the day, they have it open um, for tours for like historical reasons. And then at night they would have like whatever show they had going on. So 
when you're looking at the building, there's two entrances. There's the double doors that you would probably go in if you're going to see a show. I've never seen a show there. I've only gone as like uh, for the historical part. But then if you're going to take a tour for the historical aspect, then you have to go in through the lobby um, and that has like a gift shop and you get your ticket. And of course it's free because national parks are free entry. So that's a really nice thing about DC as well is that so much of the main stuff you're going to do is free, like the museums, historical sites, anything like that, um, monuments. So it's really a good place to go if you are on a tight budget for a vacation as well. But um, the inside of Ford's Theater is very red. The seats are red, the carpet's red, everything's red. Um, The stage, it seems pretty normal. So they had, it was a theater and then Lincoln was shot and then no one wanted to go see shows there anymore, understandably. Um, So then it was not a theater anymore. It was turned into like a post office at one point and then a few other things throughout history. And then sometime in the 1900s, I don't know the date exactly, but um, it was bought and it was turned back into a theater. It was put back to the way that it would have been in the 1860s. And then it was made into a national park. So now it cannot be altered. Um, and then you can see the presidential booth. You can see where John Wilkes booth had jumped down from the booth onto the stage. Um, and you can go onto the different tiers. There's two tiers and you can walk around and it's pretty open um, range. And then after you're done with that, you go across the street to the house that Lincoln actually was taken to after he was shot and he died in that house. Um, And they still have the bed that he died on. Wow, I really find that very interesting. And I can really imagine what that place might look like. And it really does seem something a lot of people should visit, especially those who are really, really into history and Abraham Lincoln. Yes, it's it's in my top five places in DC. So what's your next place you recommend? Uh, my next place would definitely be the National Mall. So the National Mall is my favorite place in DC. This is one that is pretty much all outdoors. So again, in the winter, you'll have to bundle up a little bit, but it's definitely worth beating those crowds. Um, The National Mall holds many, many different things. There are some war memorials. You have um, the Vietnam War, the Korean War, World War II. You also have the Lincoln Memorial, which is my favorite personally. Um, And then you have the Washington Monument and, of course, the Reflection Pool. And I recommend seeing all of these monuments during the day and at night. I think at night, it's one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen. It's like my favorite place I've ever been. Just being at the Lincoln Memorial in the middle of the night when no one's there, it's so peaceful and it just, you really feel one with America at that point. That might sound really, really cheesy, (laughs) but it just, it's a moment where you're able to kind of soak it all in and understand the pride in being an American citizen. Gotcha. Now, is this place open 24-7 or is there a closing to it? So since they are all outside, yes, they are open for you to go to at any point of the night. But the gift shops um, close at a certain point. I'm not sure exactly what time. I would guess like maybe nine. But um, the gift shops close, but you're able to walk around the memorials and the statues and the mall and things like that. Gotcha. So 
for things around the different wars that they have in that mall, do they have like old uniforms and old um, kind of like maps and such? Like kind of similar to what Rock and Roll Hall of Fame does with um, the musicians. Is it kind of the same way? So the National Mall is all outdoors. So pretty much what you're going to see um, are just large statues and monuments like that. The uniforms and maps and weapons and those things are more going to be in the museums, the Smithsonian museums. And they have like the Smithsonian by itself. It's divided up into several different museums. I don't know the exact number, but it's probably, I would say, probably between seven and ten. And um, each museum has a different theme, a different focus. So you would just go to each one. I mean, those alone take a few days to get through. But in a lot of them, especially the American history one, you're going to see a lot of war memorabilia. Also in the aviation and uh, space museum, you're going to see a lot of things to do with wars as well because of the planes and um, other things that were used in multiple wars. Yeah, I find that very, very interesting how they're able to keep all those uh, different items, at least in like good shape, uh, hopefully. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really interesting that uh, they would have that on display so that you can kind of get in touch with the historical side of the U.S. Right, exactly. And I mean, the Smithsonian is one of the highest level museum agencies in the whole world and people dedicate their lives to preserving history to finding these things refurbishing them and protecting them so that they can live on and people can continue to learn the stories and study history yeah and uh going on to the next topic i'm pretty sure when people hear about uh, Washington DC the first thing that comes to mind is the White House now were you able to visit the White House I have never been inside the White House I have been um outside the White House several times I it's been a bit of a different experience every time I've gone um especially depending on who the president was at the time but standing outside the White House is a very very cool experience um the house is not it doesn't look as big as you would think it does from the front, but then if you had like a bird's eye view, you can see that it goes back really far. Um, and there's so many different buildings and wings and thing atta things attached to the White House. The front of it is really pretty, has rose gardens, um, a fountain, and then there's a bunch of Secret Service agents and security that are like guarding the fence. Um, and one time I asked them if I could meet the president and they said no. <laughs> so that was a sad FaceTime, but it was a far-fetched, it was a far-fetched request. Um, but I requested to tour the White House last time we went, but it's one of those things that you have to do really far in advance because they run a background check and they have to approve you and all this stuff. Um, and I just think that I had applied too late. So they were already really full and um, I'll probably try to go again next time I am in DC. Gotcha. Um, were you able to go to the Capitol in Washington DC? Yes, I was able to tour the United States Capitol, one of the 
coolest experiences of my life. Um, so this is another thing that's free. You just have to schedule an appointment beforehand. You can do this online. And I guess you can get tickets in um, inside of the Capitol as well. You know, I said it's free, but now that I really wonder... I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's free or not. I hope it is. Um, but I remember having to reserve tickets online and I cannot remember if I had to pay for them. But you get to do like a walking tour. You have these little headsets and your tour guide is like speaking into the mic. So you have headphones on and you can hear what they're saying because there's a lot of people in the Capitol because not only do you have tourists, people work there. People go there every day to do their jobs. Congress, um, other top American leaders work in that building like day and night. So there's a lot going on, but there's so much history. The first Supreme Court is there. Abraham Lincoln was there as a young lawyer. Like that was a really, really cool experience to see. There's some tombs. Um, You don't get to like go underground and see them, but I believe George Washington is the president who's buried under the Capitol. And um, we got to see a bunch of different statues. So they have like a statue for each state within the Capitol. And that was a very cool experience. They have a lot of original portraits um, from American history in the Capitol. And we got to see um, the outside of the House of Representatives and the Senate chambers. And I got to go in the first Senate chambers, but they don't use it anymore. Now it's just um, preserved as to how it looked back um, when there was a lot less senators. Gotcha. Um, Were you able to see any of the people in work or do you you guys just keep separate? Yeah, so they were actually in session while we were there and they dismissed while we were there. And there's a bunch of um, reporters and news people who stand outside of the doors waiting for them to dismiss. And so they dismissed while we were right in the area that they were in. And um, Nancy Pelosi apparently walked right past us, but no one in our group saw it. Our group uh, tour guide was like, hey, hey, there she is. And by the time we all caught up to the hallway that she was supposed to be walking down, um, she was gone. But the tour guides say that they see all of those people very regularly. Nancy Pelosi, um, you have... Um, So many other people like Bernie Sanders, so many people who work in the Senate, who work in the House every single day. And these tour guides, like that's just part of their life. They get to walk around the U.S. Capitol every day and like bump into these major American leaders. Gotcha. So that seems very, very interesting kind of situation that you guys were in. Because not only were you given a tour, there were many people who actually were working there, passing by Mm -hmm. you guys. Exactly. So, what would be the next place that's on your list? Um, well, I think the Holocaust Museum is something that a lot of people um, try to go to when they're in D.C. The Holocaust Museum, I've only been once. I went the first time I went to D.C. It's a very emotional experience, but lots of artifacts, lots of information, um, very, very eye-opening to essentially the entire situation. Um, with the rise of the Nazi party and the Holocaust and the Holocaust survivors and how Germany kind of had to build itself back up um, after tragedy. So that's a really, really emotional, but I think a must-see experience. Another museum that I really love, and this was a newer one, is the African American History Museum. 
So this is the newest Smithsonian Museum and it's really, really hard to get into. And I just so happened, again, this is a perk of going in the winter. I just so happened to have gone on a very um, not busy day. It was a weekday in the middle of the winter and they let me in with no wait. And that's really, really unheard of at that museum. And that was another one that was so, so like rewarding, I think for the experience, there's multiple different floors. It takes you through all these levels. Um, each floor has like a different like time period of history um, all the way from like African history uh, through the civil rights movement and even um, like er, like 2000s African-American history, like Barack Obama, Oprah Winfrey, things like that. That seems very inspirational and that can give a lot of information considering what's going on with that community in this day of age mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, definitely. It's a very, I think it's an experience that everyone um, should go through. And like I said, depending on the time of year that you go, it's a very long wait. There are some people when they want to go during peak season, they have to get those tickets like a year in advance. But again, I went on a weekday in the middle of winter and I just ended up getting really lucky. The other Smithsonian museums, I mean, all of them have something different to offer. I would say that I love the air and space one. I personally love space, so that was really cool. American history is probably my favorite. They have the Darth Vader suit um, at that museum, but every time I go, it's never out. Every time I go, I ask, where's the Darth Vader suit? And they say, mm, it's not out this time. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's like they know I'm coming and they just put it away. It's so sad. Um, and I went and saw, there's like this portrait museum that is part of the Smithsonian, I believe. They have all the presidential portraits from like George Washington um, all the way through Donald Trump. And they had just revealed pretty recently um, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama's right before I had gone. So I got to see those, which was really, really cool. And to just to see all the old portraits too, like Lincoln and Washington, it's just really, it's just, I mean, I love history. I'm a huge history buff. So it's a really cool experience to just know that that it was from their time. They sat there for hours while someone painted them. And it's just a very cool thing to acknowledge. Yeah, I personally couldn't like stand still for an hour just for someone to Multiple paint me. Multiple hours. Yeah, that surprises me how they could be able to keep their stamina to go through all that time for the painter to get the detail. I'm sure now it's a little different. I'm sure now like they take a picture or something and then the painter would base it off the picture. But before pictures, um, yeah, they would have to sit and pose for like hours. Abraham Lincoln was the first president with photography, but he still had a painted portrait. So I don't know how they did his, if they went off a picture or if he sat there for hours. Yeah, that is true. I guess we'll never know unless someone uncovers the mystery of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm sure that there's some more information throughout the portrait museum, but I did not specifically read up on that stuff. Um, Another cool experience, another thing in my top five, this is a little bit outside of DC, but it's Arlington Cemetery, which actually is in Arlington, Virginia, but it's like less than a 10 minute drive from downtown DC. And this is um, where many, many United States veterans are buried. Civil War, World War I, World War II, Korean War. So many American veterans are buried in Arlington Cemetery. 
Um, you also have the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, which I've seen a few times now, and there's always a guard there 24-7, and there's, like, this changing of the guard ceremony, and all these people, like, gather to watch these guards change shifts, and it's a really, it's a unique thing to witness. Um, and then my favorite thing about Arlington Cemetery is actually that um, JFK, so John F. Kennedy, Jackie, and his brother, Robert, um, are all, well, we're all buried in Arlington Cemetery, but a while ago, um, JFK and Jackie, their tombs were removed because they, they for like security purposes. Um, but Robert's grave is still there. And um, so Bobby Kennedy, and they have this eternal flame right above where JFK and Jackie's graves would be, where they have like plaques and they also have their children there as well. Um, and there's this uh, like never ending flame um, that is always burning. And it's just a really like everyone's so quiet. And it's just one of those things again, where it's a very historical thing to be a part of and for everyone to have that respect and admiration and um, to be in that moment, I think again, is a very cool experience. Uh, going back to the tomb of the unknown soldier. So is it, a grave that just doesn't have a name on it yeah so there is next to this tomb um there's a kind of like a little a tiny museum entry walkway that it has tons and tons of information on the tomb of the unknown soldier and kind of the story behind it i don't know all of the facts but what i can remember is that it was a few different men whose bodies were unidentified like unidentifiable and um, they were brought to DC. They still had like a big ceremony and things like that because they gave their lives, they served for the country. And then what I read was that after years and years as science is developing and technology is developing, they were actually able to identify um, a few of the men. I think there's still one that they don't know who it is, but it's just, um, it's really, it's really fascinating that those men are always always going to be honored for pretty much the rest of time and um that technology nowadays allows for those people to be identified that if someone is lost in combat lost while serving um when their remains are found we are now able to identify who those people are yeah um Going to the Washington Monument, could you explain your experience and what it's like to be in person in front of Sure. Them? So the Washington Monument is very, very cool. Um, this is another thing that is on the National Mall and it's pretty close to Lincoln Memorial. Well, okay, when I say pretty close, it's still kind of a hike. I think like when you're watching movies and things that take place in DC, it looks like everything's really close together because of the way that they built everything. And it's meant to look that way. It's meant to be like, if you're standing at the White House, like you can see the Capitol and you can see the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial. You're meant to be able to see everything from pretty much every place you're standing. But because of that, everything seems really close together. But DC is a lot of walking. You gotta bring your walking shoes because it can be a lot. But the Washington Monument, is super tall. Um, it's been under construction a lot of the times I've been there because of how old it is. But it is a huge, huge structure. You, 
I think can still tour inside of it. That may be something they were working on with construction. I've never been inside of it, but I think that sometimes you can still go inside of it. And um, a lot of people go there. It's surrounded by American flags. And it's, I mean, I think what's cool about it is it's the highest, it's the highest thing in DC and nothing, it's literally a law in DC that nothing can be built higher than the Washington Monument. So they don't have set skyscrapers or anything. All of their buildings um, like are pretty much the same height. And if they want to add on, they usually go underground. So they'll build like basement levels. Nothing can be higher than the Washington Monument in Washington, DC. Yeah, it is a really interesting um, law that they have. And it's, I mean, George Washington, like he just was, he was the first president. He was a huge leader in the American Revolution. The reason why America was as successful as it was right off the bat, even though it was a really complicated time and it was a lot of trial and error, um, Washington is a man that America really owes a lot to. And he is one just like Lincoln, whose legacy is very much protected, um, very much wants to be passed on from generation to generation and for those men to be remembered for how much they helped this country and why we are where we are today because those men existed and did what they did for us. Mm -hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but is the reflection pool right in in front of the Washington? No, actually. So that's again, something that looks kind of weird in the movies. so it actually goes, the Washington Monument is on like this huge hill. You have to walk up this hill. Um, there's like a lot of pathways and stuff, so it's not that bad. The Capitol is on a huge hill and that walk is bad, let me tell you. I mean, I'm not in that great of shape to begin with, but I was exhausted by the time I got up to the top of the Capitol. Um, but the Washington Monument is not nearly as bad. The Washington Monument is on a hill and then you would walk, you'd walk down the hill, you'd cross the street, then you're at this World War II me- memorial. And then you walk over that and then you get to the reflection pool and the reflection pool is a lot longer than it seems again in films or pictures. And then on the other side of the reflection pool is the Lincoln Memorial. And the Lincoln Memorial has a lot of steps. You have to um, walk a lot of steps to get up to Lincoln, but it's definitely worth it. And also on the Lincoln Memorial, there are like these marble slants on the staircases. And um, in a few times that I've been there, people are always sliding down these slants. So like they're really slippery because they're just marble. So you have like a bunch of kids and even adults who are always sliding down these marble slants on the Lincoln Memorial. I slid down it once, but my shoes didn't have enough tread at the bottom and I like totally biffed it when I landed. Um, But the reflection pool, I have this tradition, a very weird tradition of I always put my hand in the water every time I go to DC. I don't know if it's gonna be like bad luck the one time I don't, but I've always done it, so I always do. It's probably not sanitary. There's a lot of ducks and algae and things in the water, but it's just a weird tradition I have. Yeah, Um, with the reflection pool, uh, how long would you say is Oof. it? Exactly? I mean, I'm not really good. I can estimate a guess. Um, if I had to guess, I would say maybe a quarter of a mile. Probably like probably okay. like a football field and a half or so. 
um, if I had to guess, just because it's a lot. It's barely long. There are things on both sides of it. So again, war memorials. You have the Vietnam Memorial on one side, the Korean Memorial on the other side. Um, and there's a lot of plants and there's a lot of, um, usually there's like some food trucks and things like that too. And a lot of people bike. So the people who live in DC, that's another interesting thing is like, you're a tourist there, but the people who live there, like they're riding their bikes around, they're doing their daily jogs. Like you see all these people who just live in DC and are living their normal life amongst all these tourists. Gotcha. So I guess that's one way to tell the locals. Yeah, it really is. The people who look like they live there and they're just kind of doing their thing probably live there. And the ones who are dressed like tourists or are looking at every single possible touristy thing that they can look at are definitely tourists. Can I dive into um, the Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, so the Martin Luther King Jr. monument is one of the newer monuments that Washington DC has. This is a little bit off of the mall so you have to walk a little bit and you have to cross a couple streets but it is it's it's very very awesome. It's ginormous. Um, He's built into this huge stone and it's how it works is like there's like two stones and then there's like a gap in the middle and the gap is where the stone was or was supposed to be like when you think of like the meaning of the imagery um that chunk of stone was removed from the middle and that's where his where his engravement was created so it's a very it's um i think it's one of the more artistic memorials again it's very modern i think it's meant to have a lot of meaning behind it Um, But it's very breathtaking and there's always a lot of people there and again if you go in the winter there's going to be less people. It's kind of like a little gem that you have to find. Like I said you do have to kind of walk a little bit out of your way for it but use Google Maps and you'll find it no problem. And it's right on the water. It's it's one of the more peaceful areas of Washington DC I think. It's a little bit more quaint. Um, There's not a lot of hustle and bustle around. There's a lot, there's like a lot of trees dividing um, between the monument and the main roads. Gotcha. Now, overall, how would you explain Washington, D.C.? Well, I have traveled to quite a few places. Um, in Washington, D.C. is probably my favorite, next to New York. But Washington, D.C. is my favorite because it is the essence of america it's our history it's where we're going it's who we are it's who we've been it's everything that you want to know about this country about the people who came before you about your identity as an american really can be found in washington dc and it's a great experience to learn while also while also seeing new things that you've never seen before like these monuments or these museums Um, It's very educational, but not in a way that is forceful. It's educational in a way that you want to learn because it is a fun experience. Gotcha. Um, From overall, it makes me want to go there now that you shared your experience. And I'm sure that you would take me there once uh, COVID-19 and everything. Yes, we will definitely go there. I only live six hours away. So you just come on down and we'll head to DC and I can take you to all of my favorite places. And we can probably find some new places I haven't been. Even though I've been there quite a few times, like there's so much to see 
So there's definitely still a few things on my checklist that I want to get covered. Yeah, and maybe we might even go in the White House. Maybe, that's one of the things on my list. Yes, I'd have to apply um, a few months before we go, but I really hope so. Yeah, so overall, that would be your five places that you described. Yeah, roughly, I lost count somewhere, but those are my top places. Gotcha, so I guess that concludes this episode, and... I'm sure the listeners have learned a lot about Washington, D.C., whether they have been there or not. And for the next episode, it's going to be taking place in Florida, in which I will share my experience there. And so will my sister, since she's been there when I was a baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) which you don't remember, but I do. (laughs) Exactly. And it's going to be an exciting trip. And sadly, that's going to be our last episode. I know, episode. it's coming to an end so quickly, but we will go out with a bang, talk about Disney World and all of our favorite parts of Florida. Exactly. So we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, Bye guys.